What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA, we talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers, uh, we jump into the uh, college football, and we also talk briefly about the Houston Astros and the World Series Championship, blah, 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 who cares? But anyway, make sure you guys tune in for this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is November something or the other. It's not cold outside. It's not exactly warm outside. It ain't Monday. It damn sure ain't Monday. But, you know, I take whatever this weather is giving us because I know my boys out there on them corners slanging that something or the other. So what's good, fellas? Tell them what's good. Tell them, tell them what the word is. The word is a long goddamn week. That's what it is. <laughs> Even I have to admit to that as well. It's just been crazy. Agreed. Agreed. So, fellas, so much going on in the world of sports. We are aware that the Houston Astros won another World Series. Eh, eh, who the hell wants to talk about that? I sure as hell don't. Um... I figured they was going with it. They were probably the best team. I was I was quietly rooting for the Phillies to kind of pull it out. I did call it would go six. It went six. Um, but just to kind of put baseball to bed for the time being, is there anything you guys want to chirp about, you know, kind of make note about what happened with the World Series? Um, go ahead. Not for me, pretty much just what you said. I mean, the um, Houston, Astros, Houston Astros were one of the better teams. I mean, everybody thought it was probably going to be the Dodgers, at least in the World Series. didn't work out that way. Um, but, you know, I'd just say kudos to Dusty Baker for um, winning his first World Series. Um, a one of three, men of color, to manage the, manage the team to the World Series. And for all of his effort, he gets a one-year extension. So, <laughs> so all I gotta say is, you know, tippy cap to the um, Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies wasn't even expected to be in a World Series, so they have nothing to hold their head down about. Obviously, they have a there are some questionable calls in that last game, but you know, everybody can be armchair baseball manager and whatever. So. On to the off season and uh, come back and do it, do it again. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Kudos to Dusty Baker for winning his first World Series as a manager. Um, but outside of that, I think everybody predicted that the outcome, this was gonna be the outcome at this stage. So, um, yeah, Philly, Philly. I, I have to admit, I was secretly rooting for Philly as well. But at the end of the day, the better team won. So, at this stage. It is what it is. Um, it's a nice bow to a, a major league baseball season. So ready to get started. And to be honest, I kind of wanted Dusty Baker to kind of just retire and ride off in the sunset, um, getting this win and then just, you know, just retire. But, you know, they extend them for another year. So we'll see how that plays out. But all in all, I think it was, I'm just happy for him. I agree. I agree. It was good to see Dusty Baker get it. Um, but yeah, enough of that, enough of that crap. Um, if it ain't Yankees, don't care. But you know, 
I say the same thing about the Mets. Um, uh, hey, hey, we biased. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, at least, at least E got a little something, something for where he's located. You know, he got a, a little rooting interest for the Phillies, but don't know if you really claim him. But uh, not really. Still a still a Jersey boy. So I have. But then again, like I said, I, I'm not a baseball fan. I don't really have a team, so no real horses in the race. All right, all right. So, congrats, Houston. Screw Houston. Uh, <laughs> no, you just gotta be like, congrats to Dusty Baker. That's where you should be. At. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Dusty gets all the kudos, man. Dusty, dude, thank you. Always wonderful. The rest of your squad go to hell. But anyway, <laughs> so moving right along. Uh, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Well, you know what? We gotta go with the biggest, the biggest stories on the on the block. NCAA football. That's the second we, biggest. That's yeah, the second yeah, biggest yeah, thing yeah, on the block. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly what it is, and you're wearing a shirt. <laughs> I, well, I was gonna go basketball. Um, <laughs> I wasn't gonna talk about the Nets per se, though. I could have led into that, but since you're going there, we can start with the Nets, and then we can start with the the Lakers and all their. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Lakers. No. <laughs> okay, okay. So why don't we want to talk about that? They're two and nine right now, and they're shitting their pants because they don't know what to do. And I think it's incredible. I love it. I love the fact that LeBron, the King, dude, you're facing some real adversity for the first time in your whole career. Mm-hmm. Granted, it took damn near twenty years for it to happen, but mm, you're going through some adversity. They don't know whether to keep you. They don't know whether to trade AD. They're talking about teams are inquiring about ref, about Russ. Now that he research, you know, he has a resurgence in his career after four games coming off the bench. You couldn't ask for better drama outside of Brooklyn. <laughs> so <laughs> where do we begin first? Do we want to talk about the LA Lakers or do we want to talk about Ime and the fact that the women from the organization of Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Nets was like, nah, we don't want his ass here because we don't want him touching on us. So where, where do we want to go? And I say that facetiously, by the way. I'm sure that he would not have touched anybody. <laughs> but they still didn't want his ass there. So, <laughs> so where do we want to go? <laughs> I got one word to say about the Lakers. What's that? Eh. Oh, excuse me, two words. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to quote the Simpsons when, you know, Lisa and Bart just had that little meme like, meh. <laughs> all right look all right let's 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 get this elephant out the room so, <laughs> uh, nobody's really gonna say anything I, I i guess i should get it started um I'm, 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 <laughs> as much as i do want to talk about the lakers or rather prefer talking about the lakers i'll 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 get on my soapbox a little bit um about the brooklyn nets um first things first I have to get on this soapbox because I owe someone an apology. And that person is Jacques Vaughn. Now, I'm going to be the one that told you from the jump, I had plenty of rants about Jacques Vaughn being the head coach. If you heard me from the previous podcast, I did not want Jacques Vaughn to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I have said that time and time again. Um, even to this point, I was a little bit reluctant of them 
Um, I, I was kind of happy that they made them interim. So to the chagrin of my happiness, they made they took it a step further and removed the interim tag of head coach and made Jacques Vaughn the permanent head coach. I have to apologize to Jacques Vaughn because I did not give him the benefit of the doubt. I was going on past history of his time as head coach of Orlando Magic. I will say this, that I have seen the past couple of games, it's like night and day in comparison to Steve Nash. So with that being said, and it's also the fact that Kyrie's not there, but nevertheless, the point of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, the Brooklyn Nets are playing a lot better the way that they should have been playing all along. So even though that they're losing games, I like the way that their their style of play is at the moment. So with that, it also it goes to the head coach. So I will give credit where credit is due. I'm not gonna front. I did. I would have preferred Ime Doku, but obviously the Brooklyn um, Nets um, staff didn't feel like they wanted to bring him in. Rightfully so. Um, but at this point, a lot of people was telling Brooklyn not to hire. At the end of the day, as long as Brooklyn is winning or playing the right way, I am going to give the benefit of the doubt. And it looks like the things that I've been asking them to do, the you know, the first couple of games, they're doing it these past couple of games. And for that, I have to give Jacques Vaughn a lot of credit. Now, with that being said, they need to continue where they are right now. I know the situation with Kyrie is going to be a distraction. To be honest, the way things are, if they continue to streak right now, I'll be the person to say it. As much as I would want Kyrie back in the fold, he would be too much of a distraction if the Nets continue to play well. Something has to be done. Um, and it's not, I'm not saying it because of the result of what happened with why he's being suspended. I'm not saying that at all. But something would have to be done to keep the the team chemistry of the Brooklyn Nets going forward. So for that, that some moves may have to be made. And quite frankly, I think that that will be the best thing for it. My only concern was, was how Kevin Durant felt in regards to this. But it looks like he's okay with it as long as the team is playing well. So as long as the team is playing well, this will give Brooklyn an out so that if something or there's you know a, a interest in Kyrie from a trade standpoint that they should be able to hop on it with no problem don't do it with the Lakers but any other team that may be interested with um Kyrie I would look at that opportunity and that's all I'm going to say about that and why not with the Lakers because I don't want nothing that they have in return so, that's just Brooklyn. That's the Brooklyn entity. Not even the first round, two first round picks. The only way that that would happen is if two first round picks and because they're not going to want Russ. KD ain't going to want Russ. So I don't see anything that the Lakers have that the Brooklyn Nets would want in return. Well, I, uh, well, I kind of agree uh, with mo most of what you said. Um, First off, I will say, you know, kudos to Jacques Vaughn. I mean, they really just took off the intern, interim tag or at least publicly took off the interim tag and gave him an extra year. So in my opinion, he's still interim until further notice. <laughs> um, um, but um, Umiya Doko, 
probably the main reason he's not the coach of the Nets right now, and it's not because of the women that they said felt, quote unquote, uncomfortable about him being there, it's the whole mess with Kyrie. It is way too much noise going on in Brooklyn right now. Um, and the last thing you want to do is bring in that to add on top of everything you got going on right now. They don't even have that Kyrie Irving situation handled at this moment. So you got the fervor and the fire going on with that. And then you want to bring on, a, you know, a man who, in my opinion, it was, it was an HR issue that got leaked to the press. And it's not like he ain't the first person that was out there doing business or it's going to, excuse me, having relations with people within the company. Happens all the time on a lot of NBA, NFL, MLB, hockey teams. He ain't the first. He ain't going to be the last. It was probably just the person who he was banging out that he got, they got ticked about, and he and the Celtics made it public, made a big mess of it. Oh, so hold on, hold on. Uh, you forgot to mention corporate, uh, small business, uh, uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, the the homeless joker that's just on the side of the street shacking up with the the chick because he ain't got no job. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to throw that in there. Carry on. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. That's a, it's a, it's an HR business, HR issue that got put out there front street. But be but as I said, he will get a, a um the head coaching job. He will probably get something probably after the season is done. Once everyone kind of puts this in a rearview mirror and forgets, but I believe the only reason that he's not the coach is probably because of the Kyrie Irving and probably somebody, maybe Adam Silver or somebody in the um. NBA offices was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> it was like, nope, not. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You can do it, just not right now. Because the nah. Kyrie Irving is making not just the Nets look bad, it's just bringing a lot of bad attention to the NBA as a whole. I get it, but my concern is that somebody's going to jump on email before it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a team that's going to take it, which kind of makes me want it to see, to be honest, if Brooklyn had the balls to do it, bottom line. I, I know they have a lot of distractions, but their goal is to win a championship at this stage. And Ime would have definitely provided that defense for them if, you know, the defense that they sorely need. Um, because right now they're still ranked like in the bottom when it comes to defense. Um, even though they picked it up these past couple of games, they still need that defense mentality. And until that happens, they have all the offense in the world, but they need that defense mentality. And I thought that Ime Doka would be that person, the catalyst that will focus to get them more focused on defense and offense. So I thought that at the end of the day, if the Nets don't take them, some team is going to, in that opportunity, is going to hop right on and grab them before this season is over. I would not be surprised if a team picks up Ime Doku, especially if a coach is fired as quick. I could see Ime Doku be that next person just like that. So I thought that the opportunity was there for um, Brooklyn to take Ime. And like I said, I'm not, you know, I understand the reason why they didn't do it, but I, I just have a feeling that somebody's going to jump on that opportunity now that they saw the Nets being able to have conversations. Somebody's going to do the same thing and follow in the Nets' footsteps. I could see that a GM at some team might try to lowball them and go to a crappy team like Orlando or um, an up-and-coming squad 
that has some talent and you just want to see if you can take Ime's defensive mindset and try to turn that type of team around and and kind of go from there. Um, I don't know if a whole uh, a high profile team will want to go that route just yet, but somebody that's low profile, not doing much, and just needs a splash hire, and needs some some media sort of attention, kind of you know, kind of thrusted their way, whether it be good or bad, and kind of just uh, kind of roll with the punches. So I can see something like that pop it off. To be, um, to be, to be honest, they could easily make him an assistant coach. Because they could have easily, like any team at this point, can bring him on as an assistant coach because they're giving him that opportunity as well to be an assistant coach. Um, so it I, I, there's opportunities out there. It's just a matter of a team being, quote, bold enough to take that step and say, you know, we need to work, you know, we can bring him aboard. Uh, and, and I agree with both of you. I think there there will be that squad. I, I think if the Kyrie situation wasn't going on, I have a strange possibility that maybe Brooklyn probably would have went that route and just kind of rolled with the punches and took the lumps with it. Um, but I, I do find it difficult if organizations tend to, and again, it's just hearsay. It's what I heard on the radio. I have no idea if there's truth behind this or not. You know, if the Nets organization or any organization for that matter, if they're doing their due diligence about email and actually sits down with their female employees in their organization and gauge how they feel about the situation, you know, that could have been just some fluff, fluff talk just to say, you know, we don't really want to tell the real reason that Boston probably wanted three draft picks or something like that or the other to really, you know, get email. Mm-hmm. To come to the, to come to Brooklyn, so they rather just throw that out there, just to kind of throw a diversion out there. Yeah. Um, so I, sometimes you just gotta, you, you gotta, you, you gotta, you know, just take a chance, I guess, and just hope that moving forward, that whatever mistakes that he made can be corrected, and, and kind of just move on and just be a coach and kind of just lay low once games are not being played and practice is over. But the thing was killing me is that like everybody's making Ime Doku like this bad dude, like what he did was wrong. I and mean, then when it was both consensual. So that's what I find amazing at this stage. And I'm not knocking it, but it's just the fact that, you know, it, it, you act uh, like people are acting like he did an actual crime and all he did was just have consensual sex with a, 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 another person. Now, of course it's taboo and how we found out about it of course is kind of ratchet when you think about it but at the end of the day it doesn't stop the fact that he is still a good defensive coach and like I said somebody's really going to pick him up and be like look that's why I'm kind of puzzled the fact that a lot of women get putting their input like you know it's almost like you know since he's a cheater you know we don't want him on the team in this at this particular stage so I, I I I get it, but I have a feeling that this is not going to stop him from not being hired by some team. Yeah, I think we can all agree he will get a job eventually. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but I'm I'm not seeing it this season. Trust me, it's going to probably be like about three or four head coaching jobs coming up at the end at the end of this season. Yeah he'll he'll have his pick he's too good of a coach um i mean he took the boston celtics 
to the um, NBA Finals where Brad Stevens couldn't do it in, in the past eight years well, exactly. with some of the, with with almost the same talent that that he had. So um, true. I agree. I, I, I don't want to get to all the stuff because you know he may put himself in this position. So everything that's going on, he brought it upon himself. But I agree with with you out. He didn't necessarily commit a crime. He just broke company policy, violated company policy. Company policy, yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, and the only person who really should be ticked off is two people. That's Yilong, and that's the husband of whoever he was had this relationship with. And like I mean, they just talking before, we don't technically know what kind of relationship they had. They've been engaged for semi, you know, several years with no, with no wedding, just a ring. We don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had an understanding. I don't know. I don't want to get all of that, but <laughs> to bring it back to it, I agree with you. He'll get a head coaching job again. It's just a matter of of who takes a chance. Yeah, and like I said, somebody will. I think they just need to wait, wait for the situation to get a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months in a rearview mirror where you can come back and say, okay, we're going to bring them on and you'll get some heat, but it won't be as much that bad heat. And like you said, Al, at the end of the day, he didn't commit a crime. He just violated company policy. Yeah. He, he did what everybody, well, excuse me, let me, let me not say everybody. Mm-hmm. He did what individuals do on a daily basis and may or may not get caught out there. That's it. Yeah. You know, so unfortunate, you know, it, the, 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 the thing that's really bothersome is just not so much that he got caught. That's the crazy part, but it's just so much that you have an individual, like you said, he like me along who probably likes to keep her business private and then had to deal with this sort of media nonsense for God knows how long. And if it's still going on, you know, she didn't deserve all that. And besides, man, it's the along though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just goes to show that you can have the finest, baddest baddie on the block. And if the <laughs> if that right individual walks by, he'll just, some individuals just go ahead and just take that chance. Sad, but. Uh, I'm, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I, 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 I was about to say something that, that would not have been nice. So I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah, right. I think we should. I think we should slide <laughs> off of this. But we don't want to. We don't want nobody to say anything to get themselves yeah. in trouble. Yeah, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I, I could. I could speak my mind. <laughs> no, no, no. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And be free to do that. I just yeah. can't. <laughs> He's like, I just want to back up off of this conversation. <laughs> That's a fair point, man. Fair point. Hey, I respect it. I respect it. So, back to back to the other. Uh, thing that I wanted to talk about with the Lakers. Why is it that we don't care? Do we think that the Lakers can write their ship? Or do you really think this is a a disaster of a team that's just eventually just going to slowly sink and not be relevant? And considering that LeBron has $100 million tied up for two years himself in the squad, along with the collection of people that I'm sure LeBron had every every type of uh, hand in on, you know, selecting who you want to select just makes me want to believe that 
if you want to fast forward a couple of years and LeBron has finally decided to hang up his shorts and his, his sneakers and say, you know what, I want to take the role of owning a squad like a Jordan and trying to be a de facto owner slash GM, will he be any good considering if he's hand selecting who the hell he wants? And uh, what's this called? A spade a spade. The teams are trash. Uh, <laughs> will he? <laughs> will he be successful on the next level in the next career or the next phase of his basketball life? Considering what's going on now, and considering his aspirations of possibly owning a team in Vegas, if well, if and when the NBA goes to Vegas. Well, I answered. Uh, well, I answered the second question first. Um, great players, very great players, wind up making poor coaches and not very good GMs. Um, and we've seen that time and time again. I mean, the only Larry Bird was probably the, the, the one I can think of decent coach and maybe GM when he was with the Pacers. But, you know, it's far and few in between. So I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure one day he'll get a shot. Um, but if we're looking at the roster as currently constructed with the Lakers, and this is a LeBron James clutch sports, <laughs> you know, roster and the fact that they haven't really made any moves. Well, like I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, no one's going to help the Lakers. They're not going to give them a deal. Let me phrase that. No one's going to help the Lakers and no one's going to help LeBron. Um, Daryl might take Russell Westbrook off your hands, but you're going to have to give up a lot to, you know, to get what you want. And Jeannie Buzz doesn't appear to be willing to give up on those two draft picks because she's going to have a first-round draft pick this year because that's going to the Pelicans. And that might be high the way the Lakers looking. Right. So um, do I think the Lakers are going to be able to right the ship? To a certain degree, yes. But it's like you said, it's a bad squad. And LeBron James had a groin injury that he went out. The last groin injury that he had with a year or two ago, he was out for like almost two months. Yeah, yeah. Before the bubble, pre-pandemic, right. Yeah, so, I mean, they was finally able to get it through Russell Westbrook's head that it's better for him to come off the bench, and he's been playing slightly better, but it's still a poorly constructed squad, and this is the squad, for better or for worse, that LeBron James, Clutch Sports, and Rob Palenka constructed around him, and I've said it many times, when you get LeBron James, got to deal with all of the baggage the good and bad and the ugly right now the lakers got the bad and the ugly yeah um i am not going to i to be honest i'm in agreement with you smooth but i'm not going to blame i'm not going to put the blame on lebron i'm not saying that you're blaming him but i'm not going to put the blame on lebron or, or russ i still go back to rob palenka the GM at this point should be at a position where he should have a lot of blame for this. And what's crazy about this is, is that at the end of the day, um, whether it's defense being an issue, rebounding, whatever the case may be, there are still free agents out there that they could have easily um, acquired and right the ship with that right off, right then and there. Um, just out of, just, have a comment, you know, just from the news that I heard that Dwight Howard is playing overseas um, mm -hmm. because he could have all they, you know, he wanted to play for the Lakers, but they didn't offer him the contract that he wanted for, I think it was like a year or two, two years, I think, 
um, at that stage. So it's not like they can't write the ship with what they, not just outside of the trades. They have a lot of free agents that they could bring in. And basically they could bring in shooters if they have to. There's plenty of shooters that are still in the market and free agent, but they have not yet to do their due diligence to look at whatever remaining agents is out there, which goes back to Rob Palenka not doing what he can do as far as um, bettering the roster that is currently constructed. So um, I think that the Lakers are at this point, until Rob Palenka does something, they're, they're not going to be able to win with the roster that they have at this point. And that includes with AD and LeBron and Russ playing at the same time. Because quite frankly, they don't really have anybody else outside of those three. And quite frankly, AD is not playing any type of defense that will warrant them to be in a, a top or a, a, a great defensive team or even in the middle of a packed defensive team. They're at the bottom of everything at this point, mainly defense. So until they get there, until that happens where they upgrade or do something, it is not going to change. And the Lakers will not make the playoffs. Hence, another early exit for LeBron, which would kind of diminish what his value is at this stage. But my question would be, if you were the GM right now, who would you trade? Would you trade Russ? Would you trade AD? Would you try? Would you trade LeBron? Would you get rid of all three and just go through a rebuild? What would you do? Well, first things first. Like outside of those three, I wouldn't even focus on those three right now. I would focus on the remaining players and see what we can do as far as the remaining players is concerned. Like, quite frankly, you don't have to do it where you have to do the big one of the big three and to try to make a big massive move. You could do incremental moves bit by bit to increase the roster and upgrade the roster. Last year, they did that by bringing in Stanley Johnson. Now, he may not have been the best offensive player, but his defense was telling to the point where he actually, his defense helped them become a better defensive team. But then they let him go, or they I think they traded him, or he went to another team. I don't know what happened with that. But the point of the matter is, is that they're trying, they can't do anything with the salary that they have for the remaining players because they're all tied up to LeBron, AD, and Russ. So I have a feeling next year, no matter what they do, um, they're going to get some money back where they can updo the rest of the upgrades on the roster. But until then, they could do something to make incremental upgrades on the remaining players. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's some players out there that you can maybe, you know, do some smaller deals with. It's not going to be the big names, but some ancillary parts that might be able to help, you know, get the ship along. Um, problem is, they're a prisoner of their own of their own name. You're the Lakers. You're that franchise. So they expect you to make big names and big splashes. The easiest thing would probably be, like you said, Al, is to kind of make small, you know, you know, get a lot more role players and try to find some, you're not going to get the best shooters because the best shooters are on teams or you're going to have to trade and give up to get. So try to get maybe the second or third tier that can at least build up a good second unit to be able to help. Um, but if you absolutely had to trade somebody, you would have to trade your asset that you will get the most return value for. And right now, that would be King James. That will have to at least be on the table. Probably won't pull the trigger, but no one's going to trade for us. 
and people are going to be very leery about trading for AD because of his health, his health issues. LeBron is starting to get some more health issues, but that is probably your best asset that you can get back maximum, somewhat maximum value for. But okay, so Al said he would not trade any of the big three. E, you said that you agree with Al, but if you had to, you would trade LeBron. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I wouldn't say I wouldn't trade any other big three. I'm just saying I would focus on the other remaining pieces first on my end. Now, if a trade comes where, you know, I'm all, I'm listening to everything at this point from the GM. Mm-hmm. So, but what I'm just saying is that it's going to be a little bit more difficult to trade the big three at this point when you can do a little bit more focusing on the younger, the other pieces, because somebody's going to look at that and say, this is what we are open to do um, as far as trade value is concerned. Um, but, you know, everybody's going to look at the big three because they're the big three for a reason. So um, especially with Russ, because his own, I mean, I include Russ more so if out of the big three, because he has an expiring contract. So but like I said, I think the focus should be, me, my opinion, it should be on the other pieces at this stage to try to upgrade that roster. Uh, I think the Lakers should stand pat till Christmas. Well, yeah. Kind of run it, see where they are by Christmas because you know they're going to be on TV come Christmas. And if they're still sub 500 come, uh, come Christmas, they know who they are as a squad at that point. And the West is still a juggernaut of a conference as far as who they would have to go through and what they would have to do to even crack the top the, the top 10 in the West. Do I believe they are a top 10 team in the West? I guess if they all can remain healthy and play at a high level. But we already know AD's complaining about his back. Yeah. Ron is out with his groin. When Russ thinks that he can sit there and try to carry a team by himself, Russ just becomes Russ and just starts doing uh, starts doing crazy crap. Yeah, you know. So at, at that time, I think you pull the trigger if it's if it's not good by the Lakers to take you know put dangle all three and get the best possible the best possible haul and just kind of run with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, LeBron, I understand why LeBron re-up for the two years because he got all the stuff going on in Hollywood and all the other stuff that he got going on off off the court personally. You know, I can see why he wanted to stuck, stick around in L.A. But we know that LeBron at his age should not be the number one. LeBron should now be transitioning to be that number two and AD, as much as he wants to try, his his physical stature just excuse me just isn't allowing himself to be that number one guy. And that's the funny part about it, because that that was the plan. The plan was for when they brought AD in for LeBron James, it might have to be what one, two years as number one, and then slowly transition over to AD. But his his body just right. and it's not like they didn't know. You saw the writings on the wall in in um in, in um in, in New Orleans, right? Exactly. exactly. You and, took the words right out of my mouth. And and L.A. being L.A., you know, because it, you said it, you said it. E. 
they're the Lakers. They, they're that they're that team. So they got to sit there and be that splash and spend all that capital to get a guy that they know the durability wasn't was suspect at best. And they and they and they screwed the pooch with it. <laughs> and, 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 and what's more funny is that the way the Lakers are, they might wind up with with enough ping pong balls to theoretically well, theoretically get the first pick in the draft. And everybody's sitting there clutching their pearls to get that kid from, from France. Or um the what the seven footer or six right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that pick goes right to the Pelicans. Right, right, because they could switch for the higher pick and they would have to take the lower pick. I know and they, they would this. take that pick and they would take that kid in a heartbeat because I don't think you're all the way sold on Zion Williamson's health prospects. They gave him some money with some with some strings attached, but if they had to pick between Zion and that kid coming out, oh, they'll they're gonna go with that kid coming out. Now I still think he has durability issues, in my opinion, as well. But <laughs> you know how it goes when you're tall and lanky. They they tend to they tend to, to break down real quick first when they first come into the league. Well, like Chet Holmgren got got uh, injured in the in the summer league game. <laughs> <laughs> he done for the year, right? What do you got, Liz Frank? Done for the year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's crazy because right now, if the playoffs were to begin today, like the Lakers would have that number two. Um, um, they have them like second. They're the second worst team. Who's the number one? Houston. Yeah. By, by, by percentage. And they both got two wins, but Houston got 10 losses. So they mm-hmm. got nine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, you know what? But Houston knew what they were getting themselves into. So that's why they did what they did and got rid of all their assets. And they, they're, they're rebuilding. You got to respect. You got to respect the gangster. That's how you got to do it. And hopefully... Each, you know, Houston turns around and drafts the right players and build that juggernaut just like uh, OKC did prior to this training every damn piece they had away before they could win a championship. But I digress. Hmm. Well, like I said, you know, I don't pay much attention to the to the NBA until at least December. Who am I kidding? I don't pay attention to that shit until about April. Because they I don't say I don't pay attention to it after the All Star break, <laughs> right? Because they don't they don't care. They rest players. They do whatever. But you could tell that the Lakers are some trash because Kawhi ain't played but half a second for LA this year for the Clippers, <laughs> and they still got their ass kicked by the Clippers <laughs> without without Kawhi last night. So, and LeBron tried everything to keep them afloat, and they still got. Yeah, so the Lakers really got to have a kumbaya moment. But the Lakers ain't the only one. Clippers too, because the deal with this whole situation with Kawhi is is very telling. And dude hasn't played in the past couple of years at this stage, especially at the level. And if I'm Paul George, I would want this. I want one on refund because I came over here to play with you, and all this time I've been playing with everyone else but you. So that's something that we would have to talk about down the road. I'm not. Um, you know, there's so many teams at this point that I could be like at this have a soapbox portion of it. But I'm not going to do that right now. I feel you. I feel you. So, Dan, we're coming up on time, but we we have to touch on one last topic: the college football playoffs and Ooh. the shakeup that went on this past weekend. 
with a bunch of teams in the top four losing Clemson, losing to Notre Dame, Alabama getting their ass kicked by LSU, uh, Georgia going into Tennessee, and uh, you know just not going to sail off of Tennessee in their and their hopes for an undefeated season. Uh, I believe the top four teams right now as it stands is uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Mm-hmm. Fellas, this coming weekend, TCU plays Texas. Do we believe that TCU is a fluke or is TCU the real deal? And do you believe that uh, that Tennessee still has an opportunity to right their ship and still have a shot to play in uh, the college football playoffs? Uh, I think TCU was the real deal in the Big 12. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't know. Um, you know, that remains, I hope so, because it's nice to see some new energy up in that top spot. And they just got to win out right. And, right. and I th- I'm not going to say they'll be a shoe in the win, but I think they'll make their case. That, well, they better, not, they better not flip up against Texas. <laughs> That's for sure. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna keep it like a hundred right now. I'm just so glad that Alabama's not even in a conversation. Like that's <laughs> where I'm at right now. Alabama's not even in this conversation. So at this point, I want everything to stay outright. I, I don't care at this point if TCU gets in or doesn't at this stage. I'm just happy that Alabama is not even in this conversation, and I'll just leave it at that for now. Mm. For now, dude, I'm happy. I don't see Alabama. I'm happy I don't see a Clemson. Well, you well, well we know your 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 love hate affair against Clemson. You have you have much hate. <laughs> yes, you yeah, but you know what? I, I respect the gangster. I respect that they they came from the for, they came from nothing uh 10 years ago and they built a juggernaut. I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I don't respect the ACC as a conference. <laughs> but I respect I respect Clemson because they are a true legitimate juggernaut. In college football, I am happy to see. Am I? Am I happy to see two Big Ten squads in a, in, a, in a college football playoffs right now? Not necessarily, because just as easy as two Big Ten schools, it could be two uh, SEC schools. Yeah. And truth be told, if Alabama would have won that, it damn sure could have been three damn squads up in the uh, up in the top in the top four, considering. Um, I don't know. However, it wouldn't be three, but it would it would definitely be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, one or the other, Alabama, Michigan, or or Ohio State, and Tennessee would be five. Put it like that. You know what I'm saying? So, bottom line is, we know that Ohio State, Michigan is going to play the last game of their regular season, and that's going to knock one of them out. And unfortunately, because they play in the same division. That's going to knock them out totally. And it's going to be that squad and that side playing the, the Big Ten West or whatever they call themselves for the Big Ten title. Um, as it stands right now, if the SEC championship was going, it would be LSU versus Georgia. Um, Alabama clearly – Alabama's third in their division right now behind mm-hmm. LSU and I believe uh, – Ole Miss. Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. Yeah. So – Alabama got a tough road to hoe if they think that they're going to sit there and try to sneak in through the back door. 
Um, would I would I be mad if LSU made it? No, because I like to see that Brian Kelly came from a small school in the Northeast, went to Central Michigan, went from Central Michigan to um, oh God, to uh, Cincinnati, from a Cincinnati to a Notre Dame, and everywhere he's went, he went, he won. So it's kind of nice to see that he could go to the big stage in the SEC and kind of pull that out. So I wouldn't have any any regrets seeing LSU. I just love the fact that this is such an unpredictable college football year, that there is truly no one dominant squad. I think the Big 12 is down, obviously. Um, it's always been a two-man race in the Big 10. SEC is just beating up and cannibalizing against one another. Uh, I think it's going to come, it's going to be a crazy month and it'll be something to, to truly watch when we get towards the end of the season and toward, uh, to the uh, championship games from all the conferences. Yeah, that's going to be the real interesting thing because like you said, Ohio State, Michigan don't play until the end of the, the regular, the regular season, which like we, like we had mentioned, you know, early in the week, Ace is basically holding everybody hostage. Right. They will be playing this week. Then it would make things a little bit easier. If, if Ohio State ones, they drops down, so that'll bring TCU up uh, up a notch and bring somebody um Oregon up a notch. But maybe even Tennessee back up a notch. But they don't play to the end. So TCU is sitting there, you know, waiting, hoping for someone to lose. Tennessee is hoping that they can find a way in. <laughs> To the SEC championship game, you got to pray that Georgia loses a game, which they won't. And so it's it's going to be very interesting. I agree. I agree. And this is one of those years that you, you got to just take college football for what it is and just appreciate it because yeah. I don't know if it's an anomaly. I don't know what it is, but, you know, the juggernauts are still going to be the juggernauts because Clemson, Alabama, uh Georgia, the usual suspects are always going to get who they're going to get. Um, and it was also nice to see that the head coach from Notre Dame, who happens, and I can't think of his name right now, who really started off really slowly and really sluggishly, came in and punched Clemson in the mouth and got that victory. But DJ under under DJ under please, I, I truly apologize for butchering your name, but he's been an up and down quarterback for Clemson. So I kind of, I kind of saw this game kind of, kind of as a game that could probably hurt Clemson. Um, but it was just, it's still nice to see that uh, there's some squads out there that can still buy and, and, and make a, a real dent. And if Oregon still continues uh, to play well and somebody slips, don't be surprised if Oregon jumps up into that top four. True. I mean, they, they did have that one ugly, very ugly loss to Georgia, but that was at the first game of the season. So it's better to have those ugly losses earlier than late. So whoever whoever wins, well, let me phrase that, whoever loses between Ohio State and Michigan when they play at the end of the season, provided that they don't stumble on the way, and I don't think they will, um, that's just going to send everything in the tizzy. I agree. I agree, and I'm and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, these next four weeks are telling, um, and I look forward to uh, us touching, talking about this in the upcoming weeks as well. No so more, general, no roll tie. <laughs> hey, you know they they you know Alabama got pride. You know what I'm saying they still gonna talk their shit. They always do, 
but they're going to talk their shit in the cotton bowl or some meaningless ass bowl. And I'm all for it. <laughs> the, the Gator Bowl or the uh, the Chick Fil A Bowl or the uh, Wingstop Bowl, <laughs> or, or, or quite possibly the Toilet Bowl, whichever one they want to be in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, I'm for it. Roll damn tide. That's right. <laughs> but anywho, I think we've come across our time. We got started a little late this evening. We apologize for uh, the delays. Um. But we appreciate everybody who's tuned in and checked us out for this week's episode. So, fellas, fellas, as you say, tell them where folks can find you. Find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram at JE Ross number seven. You find me up about to get something to eat because I am hungry like a mug. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to take an ice bath because I am sorely aching. But outside of that, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I am out crawls. Twitter, Instagram. I am out crawls. So what? You gonna go to the corner store and ask how much for a rib? You know, they can put it in your hand. Nah, I, I, I bought food here, which kind of <laughs> I'm mad at because it's probably like cold. So I'm just gonna have to eat it up and do the best that I can. Um, so it is what it is. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And you can find me on uh on Twitter uh, at uh, Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three. That's Cat Daddy One Nine Six Three on Twitter. So, folks, once again, I really thank you guys for coming out, showing us some love, support. I don't know. You can find us under a rock nowadays because we damn near just about everywhere. So, bye if bye. you can't find us, then something's totally wrong. Yeah. Well, with that, without a doubt, I want to say good night. I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. Happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there. And I hope everybody took the opportunity to go out and vote. Yeah, all folks down in Georgia, sorry y'all got to go back for that reboot, but important that you guys go out there and handle your business back on December 10th, I believe, or December 6th, one of those days, and go ahead and handle that reboot. So, without a doubt, have a great night. Until next week, until another episode of God's Talking Sports.